Ladies and gentlemen, we're here with Real Deal Talk, and you guys know how I do it. I mean, so I'm letting my guests kind of come to me on the fly here lately. So the Holy Spirit's been kind of highlighting some people to me. And what I'm doing now is when he does that, I'm going to, I basically on the fly say, you know what, you're coming into the show. And this cat right here, Terrell Burnett, I literally just met this dude within the last few months. Not even, maybe the last couple months, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Terrell here, let me, and you guys know how I do it now. I kind of explain how we met, where, what, what the history here is. And each one, each one of the last few guests here, I think it's getting to the point where I know them less and less when I sit down with them and have the interview, which I absolutely love because then my guests, uh, viewers and listeners can actually watch us get to know each other on film, which is, you know, you can't get more authentic and raw than, than that. You know what I'm saying? So Terrell here was at my house uh, for the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which was in the first or second week of February, right? Yes. Okay. So first of all, he walks in, and look at this dude right here. Look at him. He's got the jacket going. He's got the killer glo- What are these, Gucci glasses? Name brands mean nothing. I know, but you're wearing them. And that's yes. the point here, because when I see <laughs> 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 they mean nothing as he's rocking his Gucci shoes, <laughs> his matching Gucci belt, and his matching Gucci shit. My point is this. When he walked in, I had never met this dude. And so here's how we met is our kids um, are in the same class at school. So Johnny and uh, Avery and Hudson. that's where I got the Hudson from. So <laughs> they're like besties at school. So, of course, when it comes to when you have children and parents, you know this, you, you inevitably will become, uh, you know, friends with some of the parents. Some you won't. Um, and but this dude walks in. I'm like, I'm getting to know this guy. Like we're, we're like two peas in the pot. I think we're just opposite colors. And that's about it. I think we're I think we're similar animals. Right. I knew I it. So. I knew it right away because I walked in. He had the flat brimmed hat on. Right. <laughs> he had on, you know, he was just rocking it, dude. And I was like this. this and because you're what? You're over 52, aren't you? Yes. So look, look at him. Look, you guys looking at this guy? He's a specimen. He's got the bracelets going. So you are literally going to get to uh, watch me and Terrell get to know each other. Because what, what really took me here, where I really, really wanted to bring you in, was not only you got some swagger going here, which I love. I love that. But you were in the military for 30, 32 years. Is that right? Correct. Okay. So which branch? Navy. Navy. Yep. Okay. So 32 years in the military. I was in for four and that was an adventure. So I can only imagine 32. We're going to dig into that a little bit, right? Yep. Okay. So we're going to dig into that a little bit, but, but, but first we're going to go back because I need to know how this happened right here. This dude right here that's sitting in front of me. How did Terrell get to this point right here with the swag and the the swagger and all this stuff? All right. So we're going to go back. You all right with that? I'm all right. You all right? Okay. So where were you, where were you born? First and foremost, uh, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Bring the mic in a little bit. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear, yeah. That, let's hear that sexy voice. No, I, I don't know what you're talking there, about. There it is. Yeah, I, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Yes. Okay. Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, how many brothers and sisters? So I have uh, one sister, one brother, yep. and a half brother. And a half brother. Yes. And so, and parents um, back both together still? No, uh, so. My biological father passed away when I was 13. Oh, man. Uh, and subsequently, my stepfather came into the scene. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know if how many of your listeners are yeah. familiar with uh, when a step-parent comes into the yeah. scene, how tumultuous that could be. Yes, yes. So uh, 
uh, from the and time. Plus, and you were what, 13? Uh, and the, that's the, I don't think there's a worst age when you're a teenager. Cause you, at this point you think it's your home. Exactly. It's your house. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> so at some point I, I think I start rebelling against my mother because yeah. she married this individual and didn't clear it with the uh, kids. So from 13 to about, I say 20. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a tumultuous relationship between. And you said stepfather. sister. I have a sister and, and a brother and a brother. Yes. But that's the half brother. No, I have a full brother. Okay. Full brother. And is then he, a half brother. Is he younger than you? Your full brother? Yes. Okay. So when this happened, how did he, t- did all the kids, did all your siblings take it like it was rough? Um, so at the time, my sister, I think she was 17. Okay. And soon as she turned 18, she moved out of the house and got married. Oh, really? At 18 years old. You're kidding me. No. So Cleveland, um, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Wow. So okay. she moved out because she didn't approve of uh, how the situation went down. Yeah. And uh, my little brother was always happy-go-lucky. Yeah. And uh, when I left the house, it seemed like uh, the relationship between my stepdad and uh, my brother yeah. had gotten better. Yeah. It, it, was a, it was a good relationship because right. uh, my little brother, he's uh, he was going to do what he was going to do. He so was... He was more of a, like, it was, he was, he, he didn't really, nothing really phased him. Nah. 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 And how, how, how much younger is he than you? Uh, he's uh, four years younger than me. Four years? Yeah. How, what did you say? You're 52? I'm 52. 52. Yes. So, so, ladies and gentlemen, look at this. 51, 52. Look at this. We're keeping it real, bro. We got this. Yep. Right? Yep. We're setting the example here. I, I think so. That's just a side note. So, there you go. So, let's <laughs> chew on that a little bit. All right, so going back to Ohio, Ohio here. So when it happened, it was a little tumultuous. Explain tumultuous. To explain what that means. I know what the word means, but give me some scenarios of what was going down at the house. So uh, at the age of 17, I ran away. Yeah. Uh, just upped and left the house, and, and I didn't go back. You were to, still upset. Uh, all, after all that time. Yeah. After all that time. Yeah, and... and, and you have to understand my being upset also infused that anger into the home. So me being upset yeah. caused my uh, turmoil for my mother yeah. and for my stepfather. Yeah. So uh, they didn't know how to to maneuver uh, in the space that we were in. So at some point I decided I'm not going to maneuver in the space anymore and I'm just going to leave. And I did. I just... Up, packed the bag and, and left and went and moved in with my godmother. Mm. Uh, and I lived with her for about two or three weeks. Two or and, three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> not In the grand scheme of things, not a long time, right. but long enough for you yeah. to get your head screwed on straight. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I left the house. Uh, my mother was clearly upset. Did you, did you literally just leave in the middle of the night? Did you walk out with a suitcase as I'm out, peace? No, I walked out in the middle of the day. The middle of the day. But, and they saw you do it. Yep. Yep. Did they try to stop you? No. 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 So let me ask you this. This is, this is a good story already. And a good story in the sense of not like, great, it happened to you. Uh, the good story meaning people are going to identify with, you know, that had some childhood stuff going on. So this is good already. I love this for that reason. So what was so, like, when he came in, why did you have such a problem? Oh, it was because she didn't clear it with you. Yes. That was it. Did you have that discussion with her? And, and, and did was, she apologize? There was something in my spirit that said this guy was not good enough for yeah. my mother. Man, and I don't know what that was all about. I mean, I'm 13. I, I don't know what good enough 
looks like or equates to. Um, but I felt it in my spirit that this, this is not the right fit. So, um, but you, you have to understand, uh, I'm a product of my biological father used to beat my mother. So, um, when my mother had the ability to get away from that, she left and my mother didn't have a boyfriend for a lot of years. Okay. So I think this was her first opportunity to love. Mm. And I didn't, at 13, I didn't understand that. Uh, I just thought my mother was accepting this guy over her children. Uh, and it turns out that I was, that was further from the truth than anything else. So, um, and, in my fifties, I understand that, but, Growing up as a, a teenager, I didn't understand, and I didn't want to understand. So, uh, and so going back, you said that your biological father, you said, beat your mother. Yes, he was very abusive, physically, physically, and mentally. Yeah, when you when you have the physical, the mental, yes, of course, is, it, they, they go hand in hand. Of course. How was that dealing with that? What did you do? How did you feel? Like in the um, house when it was happening, were you trying, were you? I felt um, helpless because uh, I would have had to have been around six, seven, eight. I do remember there was one time that uh, I heard um, my biological father uh, beating up on my mother and there was a bat that my mother would always keep at the door. I grabbed the bat and I went into the room and I was going to beat my father. Yeah. Um, but uh, my mother, she was like, no, 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 don't do that. Uh, because I think she felt like she was strong enough to be, be able to endure whatever he could put down because she had been doing it for so long. Whereas if he would have turned his rage on to me, then it would be a different story. Yeah. Uh, because, look, I'm her child. He's a grown man. I'm a small child. So um, she uh, got between us. And uh, at that point, though, he left and he didn't go back. He, I, I didn't see my father from that point um, maybe a couple years before he died. So from after, after I stood up to him, he didn't come back. Really? Right. So when you walked in with the bat... And you were at six, seven, eight? Yeah. Somewhere in that, that age frame. After you did that, he never, he just left? He just left. And didn't come back? Yep. Because I think the realization has set in that I was going to do whatever it took to protect my mother. Um, wow. And um, when he left, we were better off for it. But then fast forward, she yeah. met this this gentleman that I thought I hated, yeah, but I really didn't hate because he ultimately became my father mm. uh, by hook or crook because I fought it tooth and nail. I did not want another individual in my life raising me, doing nothing for me. I just wanted me, my sister, my brother, and my mom, period. That was it. That was it. And so when he came in, um, did, did you just repelled him immediately. Immediately, because I, I, he came with this different mindset. 
very Southern gentleman, very strict, very stern. And prior to him, it, my mom was real, real lenient and she would do anything for us. So, but, uh, his name was James. James. When he came into the picture, uh, it was, it was different for me. Yeah. Uh, so because at, at that point I was the man of the house. Of course. And then I got this other man trying to tell the man of the house, whom I believe what to do. And, uh, like I said, it wasn't until some years later that I recognized that I was completely wrong in my way of thinking. So, you know, I went through the exact same thing at about 12 or 13. I think a new guy came in and I had been running the house for a, running the house, you know, for a while. So I know exactly. And, and it, all of a sudden he put rules on the house. Mm-hmm. You need to do this. You need to, And I was just doing, I was just doing whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. I was like, come on, bro, this ain't happening. <laughs> Relax. But not obviously to the level of what you went through. So let me ask you this. Here's what I'm curious about right now is when your, your, your dad, so your dad, when he left, when you confronted him, when did he come back into the, what, where did he go? Uh, so I have, cause we're talking about the day and age where we had dial phones at this point. Exactly. I want everybody to realize that. Remember we're in their fifties. And back then, there were no cell phones. There was no texting. There was no checking in. We had dial phones. So uh, my father moved to the west side of Cleveland. uh, And he met another lady. And they had a child. Um, And so I got a brother out of the deal. But to this day, I've met... His name is Dexter. I've met him once. Yes, yeah, that's it. Um, and if I were to pass him in the street, I wouldn't know he existed. You wouldn't even know who he was? No. And so your pops then comes back. What do you mean he came back? So he, he out of the blue, came to my mom's house one day. Because he always knew where we were at. Yeah. But he, we never knew where he was at. Right. So came to my mom's house, greeted us. We sat on the porch. We talked. Uh, for some reason, I was happy to see him. And so, because because that was six or seven when he bailed. You st- how many? Three, four, five years later. Uh, this was this was just before he died. So I was about eleven or twelve. He died when I was thirteen. Yeah. Um, sat there on the porch. Uh, so you recognized him. You knew who he was. Yes, yeah, I knew exactly yeah, who he yeah. was. Uh, he came in and was acting all fatherly and and whatnot, and um, then he left again, and that was the last time I saw him. Did he say hi to your mom? Yeah, he said hi. He was cordial, um, and then left. Did the new guy see him? Uh, no, I think James was at work at the time. That's bizarre, right? Yeah. He just showed up. Just showed up. He didn't, did he? Was he sorry or anything? Was he? Did he come there to apologize? You know, uh, from that day and age, uh, you got to think about men were men. They were strong. They would never say that they were wrong or admit that they were right. wrong for anything. Well, let me let me not put that on every man. My father yeah. w- wasn't going to do. Let's that. Let's say most men. Yeah, maybe he, back. He 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 wasn't going to do that. Uh, his apology was just by him showing up. That was his his his. 
apology without saying it. Yep. In his eyes. Yep. And then he just took off and that was it. And then yep. you, and then, and so when did you hear, turn that mic towards your, yeah, bringing it there, you go, right there, there we go, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. <laughs> Got to hear that voice there. All right, so uh, at what, um, how did you hear, did you hear that he passed away? Yeah. So um, my Aunt Mildred, his sister, called my mom and wrote her phone and told yeah. her that, that he had passed. Um, my father was an alcoholic. Mm. So he died from uh, psoriasis of the liver. Uh, so I remember the day that I heard that he had died. I was standing in the kitchen washing dishes. My mother told me he had passed. And for some reason, I got emotional. It was, I didn't know this man. Yeah. I didn't have a relationship with this man. I didn't know anything about him. But I was sobbing like a newborn child. Wow. Um, and I do re remember at some point um, that I got to the point where I was suicidal. You're kidding me. So my mom had to deal with me uh, and make sure that I was okay uh, over someone that I, I did not have a relationship with. Uh, and at his funeral, I sobbed like a newborn baby. Again. Again. Like I had known him my entire, like he like was the greatest thing ever in my life. That is incredible. And, and, to this day, I don't understand it. As I'm sitting here talking this story out to you, I don't understand what happened and how I got there, but it happened. Wow. That's incredible. And to this day, you have no idea. Have you ever, like back in the day, like what do, what do you mean by suicidal? What, what do you? So I was standing in the kitchen and I was, uh, I was washing the dishes. There were some steak knives there. I grabbed a steak knife and uh, I was about to slip my wrist. And my mother, she was when standing, you first heard he passed. When I first heard he passed, and I know I have no idea what that was about. Unbelievable! This is incredible. So I'm, I'm hoping that a, a watcher or a listener is hearing this story right now and identifies with it, and knows like, like what what kind of reaction? Why why was that reaction? Especially since you had no relationship with him, and the only relationship you knew was him being abusive to your mother. Exactly. That's it doesn't make sense. It's pretty bizarre. It's really bizarre. But a fascinating story here. Okay, so but then what happened after that? Like then the funeral was like a week later or or no, what did she say? No, don't do that. What did mom say? My mom grabbed me and just held me. Yeah. And helped me and she just she just let me cry it out. Yeah. And um she stayed with me the entire night. So I went to bed. She slept with me in my bed and held me. And I, I have no, I have no idea why I did that. Wow. But um, so the journey of my life uh, is pretty interesting from inception. Yeah. <laughs> so at five years old, uh, kindergarten, going to. Uh, school uh, we went on a field trip because back in those days you went on field trips yeah. and you walked everywhere right so you were going to the aquarium or you were going to the zoo you walked yeah so uh, we were walking to the aquarium 
walking back from the aquarium, my mother worked at the corner store on my block. Uh, so, and I had a babysitter. Uh, so I get to the corner store on my block and I tell my teacher that, hey, I know my way home from here. I can go home. Teacher said, okay, and released me. So the class keeps going and I'm standing on the corner. Mind you, my mother is in the corner store working. Right. Uh, red light. I go to cross the street and I get hit by a drunk driver. Um, Are you kidding me? No, I'm, I'm Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm t this is the story of my life, and it gets better from here. Uh, I get hit by a car, get knocked up into oncoming traffic, into uh, the windshield of another car. And by the grace of God, it was two nurses in that car. Wow. And uh, they start working on me because I, I was a mess. Uh, broken leg, broken arm. I don't know if you see the scar yeah, yeah. on my head. Yep. Uh, I got that after I went through their windshield. So there now, must have been blood everywhere. So mind you, my mother's working in the corner store. She hears the commotion and comes out of the store to see her child laying on the, on the ground uh, being worked on by these two nurses. Wow. Do, do, do you remember any of this? No, I remember the, the, I don't remember being hit. I remember waking up in the hospital with a cast on my leg. Um, Wouldn't so not knowing what happened. And so, and the, so because when you cut your head, that's a lot of blood. It is. There must've been a, it must've been a bloodbath. I, no idea. What did your mom tell you the story afterwards? Like, did she explain what happened? Has she uh, ever, has she ever talked about it? She said when she came out of the store and she saw it was me, she came over to me, dropped on her knees and prayed to God that he delivered me. True story. That he de would deliver you? Yes. Like like maybe you were gone? Yeah. That's how bad it was? Yeah. She t she's told you that story? She's told me that story. And, and what did she do by the, when you went to the hospital? She just said by the grace of God, she, she couldn't even believe you lived? Yep. Talk to me about the school. What did the teacher feel? Don't know. Um, because Cause they, back, they said, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, back, in the, back in those days, know. You, you know, the teachers, they took the students for their word. Yeah. You know you know where you're going? Yeah, I know where I'm going. And So uh, by today's standards, that would have been a loss. Oh, it, oh, are you kidding me? Now, did mom actually, was mom pissed off at the, the, the teacher that she just left you? And... No, I don't know. Because it wasn't it wasn't on the teacher. It was on me. Uh, I should have stayed with my class, but I didn't. So. And the drunk driver. What happened to them? Did, was it a hit and run? Uh, I think. Again, this was in the time yeah, where yeah. drunk driving was. It wasn't as. Um, you could drive, drink and drive. I remember uh, uh, seeing folks with uh, six packs in their front seat yeah. all the time, drinking and driving and doing their thing yeah but uh yeah true yeah I, I don't i don't think i think he may have gotten a ticket or something like that a ticket man dude unbelievable and so and this was five fast forward six months later anything happened before five 
Fast forward six months later, I come up, I come down with, I don't know if your listeners uh, are familiar with uh, the um, virus, uh, spinal meningitis. Yes. So. Was uh, this because of the, when you were in the hospital? Was it because of? No, I, I went home. I was, this was maybe six months after yeah. the accident, uh, got spinal meningitis uh, and was in the hospital with that uh my brain had swole they had to immerse me into a cold bath to get my temperature down otherwise i was going to die um after five or six days i woke up but i was blind uh and again my mother is a very religious woman yeah she was praying to god again saying hey Please take care of my child. On the 10th day, uh, I think my uncle or my aunt had brought a bunny rabbit and it was sitting over in the win- windowsill. Uh, and I looked at my mother and I looked at the bunny rabbit and I asked my mother if I could have the bunny rabbit. And my mother just broke down and started crying. Because you could see. Because I could see the bunny rabbit. <sighs> Now, you said she's really religious. Do you, so as a kid, we go to church every Sunday? Every Sunday. And as a child, I hated it. You hated it? I hated it. Yeah. Um, Boring. Because I was being forced to do something that uh, I didn't want to do. Of course. Um, so I never received the gift that God had for me. But God had always been, been uh, taking care of me. Yeah, right. He saw me through the car accident. He saw me through the meningitis. Um, I, I, I didn't yeah. know. I, right. I, he's I been know. there. He's, he's been there. Yeah. And boy, has he been there? Boy, has he been there? You yeah. just didn't open up to him. I, I didn't. I didn't. And didn't realize he was a, a thing at that point, it, so to speak. Yeah. I didn't. It wasn't a matter of it being a thing. Yeah. As so much as it was something that was taking away from what I wanted to be doing. So, and my mother is one of those ladies that she goes to church from sunup to sundown. And so we all went to church from sunup to sundown. So, wow. And so what, so sunup till sundown. Yep. And you guys would be singing, right? Yep. <laughs> what kind of church was it? Uh, uh, Missionary Baptist. Missionary Baptist. So what? So six months later, what happened after this? Do I do I dare ask what happened next? So after that, uh, we started kind of in the mid mid phases of my life with the uh, running away thing and yeah. rebelling against the parents. Uh, so any other traumatic things like the the car thing and the... no, I've 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 been uh, what my mom calls a daredevil. Yeah. Um, do you play sports? I played sports, I've been banged up. I've broken both wrists, both arms, both legs, both ankles. Uh, and then I, I had this uh, childhood friend uh, who lived across the street from, from us. And we, we, were, we were hellions. Oh, oh, my goodness. So anything that we could do or, or attempt to do, we would do it. Yeah. So. Where, my, where we lived, there was uh, our house and then this big field. And a lot of the construction sites would come to this big field and dump all their bricks. Uh, 
So Mitchell and I, that's, that was his name, we would take the bricks and we would build these, like what we would call little forts. Yeah. And we would build them, get inside of them. And, uh, and my mom would always say, one of those is going to fall on you guys and crush you. Man, we didn't care. Yeah. So we did that from, uh, during the summer months, summer and fall. And then when the winter came around, we would jump, get on top of the garage, shovel all the snow because my mom would have Mitchell and I shoveling our snow, yeah. then go over to his house and shovel their driveway. So shovel all the snow up against the garage <laughs> and we get on top of the garage and jump off into oh, the yeah, snow. Of uh, so I, I broke my ankle twice doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you ever uh, shovel snow for money in the neighborhood? No, um, uh, because again, James was really strict. He yeah. kept us on a uh, very short oh, leash. Oh, really? So I had a uh, one Christmas. Uh, I I didn't learn how to ride a bike until I was almost fourteen years old. Really? Yeah. So for my fifteenth birthday, the Christmas of my fifteenth birthday. I got a bicycle and uh, I rode that bicycle on the sidewalk between my house, the field and the house that was next to the field. And I couldn't go any further than that. That was it. That was it. He wouldn't go. He wouldn't let you go any further. No, no further than that. And couldn't even ride in the street. If you went in the street, oh boy, you had hell to pay. <laughs> and so would he discipline you? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He would. And that was one of the things that uh, I think I hated the most is... Uh, what, what kind of discipline? Uh, I would get whoopings with a belt. Whoopings with a belt. Uh, yeah. Well, I can see why he didn't like that. Yeah, didn't like it at all. No. no. Was he a big dude? Was he... Yeah. He was a big dude. Yeah. He was a ex-Marine. Really? Yeah. How big was he? Um, He was a big dude. Yeah. For a child standard. Yes. Yeah. Child, by child standard. Child. Yeah. He was a big dude. Yeah. And so, um, and then, uh, so with your father, when he passed, you, you couldn't, now how long after that did you get over that with your dad? Like, did you eventually just let it, it just like, or, or do you, did you get emotional every time you thought about it? No. How long did it take to get past that? The very next day after his funeral. That was it? I, I have, I, look, I have, <laughs> I can't make it up. Yeah. The very and, next and, day. And you can't explain it. Yeah, and I can't explain it. And to this day, how many times have you told this story? Um, maybe like, once like before now. Like this actual story. This actual story once before now. Unbelievable. See, this is what Real Deal Talk's all about. This is the stuff we want to dig out here. And for the reason of people that have gone through stuff in their life that can look at you because, you, you know, you got it going on here. Military service. Uh, government contracting now, right? Correct. Okay, we'll get into that too. All right, so 17, you ran away. Yep. Uh, for two to three weeks. <laughs> and now, did your mother know where you were? Yes. I, your I, aunt I, called. Uh, my, my godmother. Your godmother. So, so I, I feel bad about running away. Yeah. Because when my, I, I ran away, I went to my godmother's house thinking that I was going to uh, a place of solace. <laughs> when I got there, I find... Uh, I find out as an adult 
that my godmother was charging my mother to stay with her, for me to stay there. Oh. So my mother had to pay my godmother for in order for me to stay there. <laughs> How did you find that out? My mother told me the story about oh, later it. on? Yeah. <laughs> that she was getting shook down every day for food and housing <laughs> <laughs> while I was staying there for the two weeks. Shook down. <laughs> For the two weeks, could you? You're like, listen, I'm your godmother and all, but I ain't picking up the check. Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, that too. That's hilarious. So, well, how long? How long after that, that? That when you were staying there, did you find that out? That it was she, a couple of months that she was uh, getting the shakedown. It, it was a couple of months, and uh, yeah, it, she didn't think it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Pay your penance, because. <laughs> Didn't your godmother say anything at the time? Like, listen, listen, dude, I'm I'm not paying for you. She didn't say anything? She didn't say a word to me. She welcomed she, me being yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, come on in. Yeah, yeah she's getting paid. That's yeah. why. <laughs> so, she was making some dollars right yep, there. She was. She was. She was. And so. Uh, and so, uh, okay, so so you went. What made you go back home? I, Oh, I got chicken pox. <laughs> I got the chicken pox while I was at my okay. godmother's house. You're kidding me. Yes. I got the chicken pox while I had to go home. And and so was your was your mother uh your your godmother like, really, you got chicken pox now? Did she just send you home that that's it, you're out of here? No, I think I just my mother told me to come home at that point so she could take care of me. What was James doing at this point? James worked every day. Um he had a, a, a very it was not a very exciting life. Yeah. Well, he yeah. just he, he worked every day. Worked, came home, sat in front of the TV. Uh, for your older listeners, uh, he used to watch Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. Bonanza. Bonanza. Have Gun, Will, Will Travel. I know all these shows. They, they, and, they know nothing about what you're saying. And uh, we watched it on a black and white TV. Of course. That had a yeah. twist. That you had to change the about this big that big that sat on top of our big TV because our big TV was broken. <laughs> Tell me you had the the tin foil ears going, like putting the tin foil on that. Yeah, so the the yeah. rabbit ears for the antenna. Uh, we didn't go that extreme, yeah, but uh, we had those. But uh, yeah, we had a TV sitting on top of a TV. So so, <laughs> so what would you do? Have a couple of beers. No, he uh, he wasn't a real big drinker. Yeah, and he wasn't a smoker. Um, That's good. He was just mean as a rattlesnake. He was mean as a rattlesnake. Yeah, and so he'd sit there, watch TV, and then just go to bed and do the same thing. Go to work the next day. The cycle. What about the weekends? What do you do on the weekends? And um, I'm asking this stuff because I also want everybody to realize how Im- how impactful our childhood is for programming on h- how we were programmed, even though he wasn't knowing he was programming you, but by showing you what he was doing, working every day, go to bed, you know, go through the motions. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You saw this every mm-hmm. day. This is the life that you saw. You were programmed. Mm-hmm. All right, so what, what was I you, I was saying about, oh, on the weekends. What are you doing on the weekends? So on the weekends, and either we, he loved karate movies. So anytime a Bruce Lee movie Bruce Lee. Came, yeah. came out or a Jackie Chan movie, loved those kind of movies. So we spent some weekends... Um, as a treat, going to the movies yeah. because you get that hot buttered popcorn. Oh yeah, uh, 
that just got yes. all got y'all yes. greasy all and whatnot. So, uh, so we would do that on some weekends, and he was really, really big into drag racing. Um, uh, so there would be some, not very many, not very frequent, but he would go down. There, there's tracks in Ohio that uh, we would go down to and uh, watch the drag races. Yeah. Didn't appeal to me at all. I, I could care less of yeah. seeing two cars going down a track and figuring out who, who won. I, it, it was just like the boringest thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> he loved it. And he absolutely loved it. And so did you have to wear head, uh, headphones out there because it was so loud? No. Listen, man, this, this was in the 70s. Headphones? What are you talking about? <laughs> Nowadays, they'll have headphones. They'll double have hearing double protection. Double hearing protection. Little goggles and a face shield. Goggles. Yeah. Back then, it was just... <laughs> If you caught a rock to ear. the face, yeah. If you, <laughs> so be it. Yeah. That, that rock just hit you in the face. Yeah. You, you, if you were in the in the fire of the the, the fire coming out the back, hey, you got burned. That's yeah. it. Go take some Tylenol. Yeah. Put some salve on it. You'll be good. <laughs> People watching the young age, man, they don't know. They don't even know. Yeah. They don't know uh, like how 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 we even survived. I don't even. So unbelievable, man. All right, so now we're now we're, we do the runaway. We go back, and he loved the drag racing, and so now, what? How, how did you do in school? Were you a good student? So I'm gonna guess it, it, no. It's it's kind of crazy. I was good at some things, but poor at others. But what were you good it, at? Uh, so I enjoyed English. Mm. I enjoyed math. Um, I was telling a friend of mine this uh, over the over the weekend. Uh, so the public education that I grew up with, it, it was education by fire hose. Either you got it or you didn't. Yeah. And because uh, we're moving on to the next thing, because uh, we we have to ensure that although you're a little bit slower. We've got to move on. Um, I didn't learn how to t tell time on an analog clock until I was in the fourth grade. Really? Um, and I was always faking it when I you had to take you know take the yeah. test. I would always fake the hands on the clock, and sometimes I got it right, um, but most times I didn't. And you specifically remember this? I remember that I couldn't tell time on an analog clock. I didn't know my left from my right. So you're dyslexic? No. I, it wasn't a matter of being dyslexic. I just didn't learn it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was very bad. I didn't. So I would do the same thing with multiplication. Yeah. So, so I'm saying that to say that for your listeners that are yeah. out there that are struggling with uh, being learned, it very well may not be them. It's, yeah. it, it may be that the speed at which education is happening. Right. Um, or, or who have children going through it right now. It, yeah. So um, I, I didn't learn a lot of things until later on in life. Uh, and did you get, so did you do like, as far as grade wise, you made it through. Yeah, I made it through. But what was if, your worst subject besides analog clocks? 
Uh, my worst subject. What did I hate? I don't think I hated anything. Um, I don't. I don't think I had a, a dislike. I just didn't put in a whole yeah, lot of whole effort. effort. Yeah. And things that I, I didn't really care for. And so you ended up graduating high school. I did. And if you if if you would have asked me this story. 20 years ago, I would have told you that I did well in high school. You would have told me you did well. I would have told you that. Why would you tell because me? Because I believed it. You did. Um, until I got my transcripts for college. And it was like a very rude awakening. Because uh, I didn't do well in high school. So, And you thought you did. And I thought, I had told myself for several years that I did. And, and so, did you, so you applied for college then? So, uh, no, the story of, so the rest of my life after 17 yeah. gets very interesting. It's so now it gets interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Here we th go. Th this other, this thing, these are things that just happened. Yeah. I, at 18, I was like my sister. I wanted to get from under my mother's roof. Yeah. So I started looking for a job. Um, and I'm looking in the classified ad and as I'm sitting there looking in the classified ad, there was this one article that said, do you want to learn a skill? Um, you can make like $18 an hour. And when I was graduated, $18 that's an hour, that's yeah, a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, of course. So I called the number. Turns out it was a recruiting station. Uh. And the lady uh, that I'm talking to on the phone, she was like, well, I can get you in for the test. Uh, and I'm like, what test? Yeah, the ASVAB. <laughs> she she was like, uh, to take the ASVAB to join ASVAB. the service. Yeah. And I was like, I was sitting there, I was thinking and pondering. I was like, eh, it's got to be better than here. So I went and took the test. <laughs> Did you uh, tell your mother that you were taking this test? No, she had to sign. I was 17. Yeah. So she had to sign for me to take the test. So yes. What, what she did she knew. say? Was she like, yeah, let's do it. Let's. Um, she, didn't... she didn't really... She didn't really care, I don't think. What about James? Um, he kept talking all this hula. Oh, because he, he was in the Marines. Because he was a Marine. Ah. He's like, why don't you join the Marines? I don't want to be a Marine. I want to use my brain. The Navy said I could <laughs> oh, use gee. my brain. So I, I, I don't want to have to charge a hill because somebody else is telling me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like how I, that's how I chose the Navy, by the way. <laughs> Same exact reason, dude. Yeah. I ain't getting dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm the first one in. I don't need that. No way. So, all due respect. God, massive amounts of respect for the Marines. Just very, not me. very just much. Not me. So. Yeah, very much respect just for not the Marines. Us. Um, <laughs> because uh, I, I got to see uh, in my 32 years exactly what the Marine Corps does. Ooh. So, uh, see, much, much respect to them. Oh, big time. <laughs> uh, but so. Uh, I go take the test, pass the test, pass it high enough to, to get a rate and not be undesignated going into the service. So I get a rate and... Um, Who was your rate? I was a nice seaman. And by the way, rate, guys, is a civilian word for job. He, got, he had a job in the Navy. So it was rate. And you were an IC. I was a nice seaman. And what's, what's IC? For the, uh, the interior communications. Yep. Yep. So I was a telephone man. Yep. Yep. Because uh, you and I worked, I think, in the same area because I was an OS. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. 
operations so, specialist. So I was uh, fixing your telephone. That's right. Or your uh, DRT. The your, DRT. Your dead reckoning tracer. Yeah. <laughs> That's that, right. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Or your alarms for your alarm. Yes. Warning, your ICSM panels. I love that. Uh, so. Uh, and you made the decision right away. Like, you know what? I'm doing this. Why not? I, the decision came when they told me that it was away from Ohio. That, uh, again, this is God taking care of me. Got me out of Ohio. I had some... As soon as you heard that, you're like, I'm in. I, I'm in. I'm all Did you there. go to Great Lakes? Where did you go? Or no, Orlando. No, I went to San Diego. I, I oh, San Diego. To, I went to boot camp in Get San Diego. out of here. So once I came to San Diego, I, the realization set in, I'm never leaving this never. place. I'm never leaving. Never. So, and uh, for the greater part of 32 years, I did. So... Um, so you came to, so they, they didn't give you an option like you can go to Great Lakes or you can go to Orlando. Was there Orlando? Was, Orlando, Orlando was there. It was Orlando. Yeah. Uh, Great Lakes had not been really established yet. Got it. Uh, it was Orlando or San Diego. So uh, you went in at like, like 88, 89? I was in in 88, three days after my high school graduation. Three. Three days. Did anybody else in your class go in the military? Uh, yeah, there were some guys that went in, but they, they, they didn't do as uh, long in the service as I did. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I would think not 32 is a, a, a long time. That's, it's quite rare Yeah. to go that long. Yeah. And I went in the military at, in 89. I went in the Navy 89. I went about four or five months after, uh, after grad, not three days. So you were waiting to go. You couldn't wait. Again, I thought I wanted to be, uh, away from my environment. And so they took you to boot camp in San Diego. Are you kidding me? In San Diego. Talk about God doing his thing with you. Yeah. He brought you here for a reason. Yeah. And you knew, even though you were in boot camp, you still knew that you didn't want to leave this place. I was in boot camp. I was like, I am never leaving San Diego. What was the main thing? The weather? What was the main thing that did it for you? Um, and by the way, it, guys, keep in mind boot camp. You're around... How many fifty? How many in a company? Fifty, sixty guys. So we had a hundred and fifty in our company. in the company. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. Uh, and I remember my company number, company one two one. One two one. I was um, uh, I can't remember C two three two. I think it was two three two. I think mine was two three two. But I think only like 50, 60, 70 guys maybe. No, one hundred and fifty. We had a big. Is company. that abnormal? I, you have no idea. I, I have no idea. So By today's how, standards, maybe. So how was it interacting with all these new guys that you never met before? How did that go? So Were you posturing up? What was going on? No, I, I've always been kind of a class clown. Yeah. So I took my personality with me to boot camp. Yeah. And uh, uh, the one thing that became very easy for me in the service, uh, my... Uh, James's son, who I call my my uh, half brother, yeah, uh, he was a marine as well. Got it. So he had already prepared me mentally. Got it. Uh, they, whatever so you they were do, good they, friends with him. You were close with him. Yeah, we're, we're very close. Back then, were you close? Uh, yeah. Was he living in the same? No, house? No, he was in the Marine Corps when you when were... I when I joined. So okay. He, he was uh, finishing up his service time, yeah. and I was going in. So he told me. Uh, no matter what, uh, they're going to get in your face. Yeah. Uh, they're going to, you're going to be doing all kinds of different, crazy and exciting things yeah. that you're not going to understand while you're doing them. Right. 
but it's gonna it, it'll pay dividends later it'll on. It'll make sense later. The attention to detail part's the biggest thing, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, so while everyone else uh, was paranoid about the experience, I had already been given this little seed of knowledge. Yeah. So I I went in with a, a pretty open mind about what was going to be happening. And, and you were uh, pretty much ready. Yeah. You had an idea. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also, I work very well. If you tell me to do something and you're an authority figure, um, if it makes sense, yeah. uh, I can follow your lead. But if it doesn't make sense, I'm going to question it. <laughs> So that's where I get into most of my trouble. But I would I would try to question it in a jokingly manner, so my company commanders uh, would take it not as offensive, yeah. but as me asking a joking question. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I would. I, that's how I got away with being able to challenge the authority that was over me, is I would always make a joke. Yeah. Um, were you, did they make you a leader in the company? What were you? Uh... So I was the RLPO. So the the, RLPO. Yeah, the guy that was in the back after. So, uh, what does that stand for? RLPO. I don't remember that. I, I can't remember what RL. Oh, the Alpo. Excuse me, Alpo. Alpo. Yeah, the assistant lead petty officer. Ah. Uh, so. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. So because you got LPO. You had the LPO and the Alpo. Yes. Uh, and then you had the. Guy Bear and the Master at Arms. Master at Arms, yep. yeah. Section leaders. The section leaders, yeah. Yep, I was a section leader. So uh, I had the job for almost until graduation, and then I got fired. In in boot camp. In boot camp from being the the Alpo. You got fired. Yeah. <laughs> what? How? Why? Because again, class clown. Yeah. I was singing the cadence because oh, yeah. I, I used to like to sing the Me cadence. Me too. I did too. And uh, I did an unsavory cadence, <laughs> so I got fired. You did. Yeah. <laughs> Which cadence was it? Because um, I used to do cadence too. I used to do the Adams Family cadence. I don't. A lefty, righty, left. No, it was it was something else. It was like a it was song. Dirty it was nasty. It, it it was it was dirty. But but they the. The com company commander, they they had been ahead of us, and uh, he heard me uh, with the, those choices. There was a warning? Words. You just got... Yeah, I didn't get a warning. Yeah, I got fired. Immediately. Immediately. So I was in the pack, oh. marching with everybody else. Oh, no. Left oblique and right oblique. Left oblique and right <laughs> oblique. Left oblique. Oh, my gosh, dude. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so... I was, but I was in the fray. So before I was out of the fray, the yeah. one guy in the back. Yep. And uh, yeah. And so uh, when you graduated boot camp, what, what ship did you go to, or did you go to uh, shore duty? No. So I went to a ship. And um, anything else in boot camp that happened that was a like a monumental moment that was a yeah funny uh, yeah. So you tell me how to make a ra uh, a rack, yeah, which rack. is the bed, which is the bed. Uh, I'm going to make it the way you tell me to make it. Yeah. And it's okay because that's, that's the way you want me to do it. I can do it like that. Yeah. So, uh, there was several guys in boot camp that just could not figure out how to make their rack. Right. And I remember the company commander again, by today's standard, 
it would have been considered hazing. Yes. But it was funny at the time. Yeah. Running through the courtyard saying, I'm a catch edge fairy. I'm a catch edge fairy. Oh, no. Uh, because the catch edge, yeah, the catch edge. is the, the sewn side of a sheet. And if it, if it's, it's supposed to be up. Right. But these guys would make the, their bed with the seam down. And uh, <laughs> they would be running around the courtyard with the sheet wrapped around their neck <laughs> and running. And it's flowing like a cape singing, I'm a catch a fairy. Oh, man. Nowadays, dude, <laughs> yeah, there'd be that lawsuits. Would, there would be all kinds of craziness going yes. on. But uh, <laughs> I, I remember that. Yeah. Um, so uh, I left uh, boot camp. Did you have any good friends in boot camp? I did. Did you get in with anybody in I fighting? Um, I didn't get into the fighting phase until... <laughs> it was a fighting phase. Yeah. Uh, until after I left boot camp. Because most of the guys that I met in boot camp, uh, we remained really good friends for yeah. a, a long time. Like to this day, I still have... Really? Uh, 32 years later, a gentleman that I met in uh, A school was still really good friends. Wow. Um, Where was your A school? A school was insane. Everything was in San, San Diego. Diego. ICA school was six months in San Diego. Wow. That's when you started to live. Like when you went to A school, because then you had an actual kind of a bed, right? Yep. You had your own, like, kind of little... We had a four-man room. Yeah. It was... That's right. That was the We actually had rooms. We had the chow hall. Yep. Uh, And... Wow. I went back home, and I bought my first car. Uh, What do you mean you went back home? I went back to Cleveland. Yeah. From San Diego. After after, school? After... uh, No, after... Boot camp. uh, Boot camp. Went home, uh, bought my first car. And drove back to San Diego. What'd your mom say? Uh, like, uh, like, well, you had to go back to A school first, right? Yeah. Did she say you stay in there? Or? Yeah, I was. I was happy. Yeah. I was. Uh, being in San Diego was elation for me. Yeah. I, getting in my car, I just purchased. I'm about to drive back across the country. My mom rode with me. Actually, she did. She did. My mom doesn't fly. She she will not. She refuses to get on the so plane. How's she gonna get back? She these are. There's been maybe four times that she's been on the airplane. Wow. Maybe four. Yeah. Uh, two of which I know because I sent her back when she drove out with me, and she flew out to San Diego in like '92. She hasn't been on the airplane since. <laughs> are you serious? Serious. So you, dude, you and I were here because I got here in 91. I was on the Kitty Hawk. Yeah. Uh, you remember the name, right? Yeah. I was on the Kitty Hawk. So we were we were literally not far, a few miles from each other. Yeah, I was on 32nd Street yeah. on board the um, USS Durham uh, LKA-114. Yeah. It looks like a... a it had the Mike Six and the Mike Eight boats, the World War Two. Right. Uh, and this was in the eighties. Oh no, in the nineties. Nineties, yeah. It early was 90s. in the ni- early nineties. Yeah, early nineties. The, the, these World War Two vessels were still around. Wow. And uh, we would have to offload those vessels with booms and crane by hand. And so, and so here's Sandy. So you get out of A school, 
you go to your first, was it uh, the first ship? Was the Durham. And then how long before you went out to sea? I'm, I'm fibbing. I'm lying. I'm telling you a lie. Yeah. Because the Durham was not the first ship I went to. It wasn't? No. I went to Manama, Bahrain. You did? On the USS uh, LaSalle, the White Ghost. I did one year uh, in Bahrain. So right after A school? Right after I went to A school, went to Bahrain uh, on the White Ghost. So that was my very first platform. No kidding. In the Middle East. Yeah. And if I had a second place to live, it would probably be, be there. Really? Yeah. How long after A school did they ship you out? Did you go to Bahrain? So I was in Bahrain, 91, 92. Then I went to the Durham. Mm. Uh, so you came back so to I came here? Right back to San Diego. So for a year, you were in Bahrain? For one year. Did you keep in touch with anybody out back in home, mom? Back back then, remember we had to write letters? Yeah, you had to write letters. So yeah, I was writing a lot to of letters. write letters to talk to people. And put a stamp on it. And put a stamp on it. Listen to what we're telling you, folks. We had to write letters to communicate with people or get to a pay phone. Yep. Right? Yep. Remember the, the, on the, on the um, what's the dock called? The dock where, the, where the pay, we'd all line up for pay phones. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking we'd about. We'd actually be in line for hours to get on a pay phone to call our family. Yep. And put actual quarters in there. Right? Yep. yep. Crazy. Or if you had a, a ship that had uh, MRSAT, you would go up. And have the radio men patch you into a call via MRSAT. I never did that. Yeah, I did. You did. Huh? I told you I was a, the class clown. I had. Yeah, you got in there. I had this. The you know I made everybody laugh. Yeah, you got wanted in. Wanted to be loved by everybody and got in. And and so when you and so San Diego now now give me some stuff here because when did you realize that you were staying in the Navy? Like that you know what I'm loving this after boot camp. Well, no during boot camp. Yeah. Uh, you loved it. I. I so the math made sense to me that if I did 20 years, I'd get a retirement. So if I did 20 years, yep. that means I'll be 38 when I get out and I'll get a retirement for the rest of my life. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I did. Yeah. Uh, you realize that right away. Right away. The numbers made sense. So I was like, I could go ahead and start a, a brand new life after 20 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The government's going to take care of me. No kidding. And uh, so right in boot camp, I, boot I, made, camp. I made the determination that I was staying. And so then what, uh, when you got on the, the uh, what was the ship, the, the second ship called? The Durham. Uh, the Durham. Durham. So, yeah. so the Durham. Did you go on a Westpac? I did. So I went on a real Westpac, uh, not a watered down Westpac where you only get two or three ports. Yeah. Uh, when we went on Westpac. That was when your ship went into a availability in um, the Philippines. Because, so, oh, because, listen, this was Desert Storm time. Yeah, I was a part of Desert Storm, Desert Shield, and Desert Saber. Yeah, I was with Desert Storm, Desert Shield. I was in, I partic participated in Desert Shield. Shield was second, right, or was Storm second? Desert second. Shield, Storm, yeah. and then Saber. Then. Okay. So what were you doing during those? Were you, when you were in Bahrain, were you actively? So, so when I was in Bahrain, desert, uh, the Persian excursion hadn't started yet. Yeah. Uh, 
but Stark would not have been shot until a few months. Uh, oh, the Stark. Would, uh, they would not have uh, uh, been attacked or the the launch of the um, the Airbus incident wouldn't have happened until after I left. Yeah. So uh, I get back to San Diego working here, loving it. Persian excursion uh, happens. I'm on the US, oh, I am on the Durham. Yeah. Durham, Princeton, Tripoli. We're in a line of breasts. That's when all of your ships are right. in, in a line. Yeah. Uh, and I watch Princeton hit a mine her go out of the water. You're kidding. Because we're at general quarters. Yeah. I watch Tripoli. She hits a mine. Uh, as I'm on watch, on deck, watching this all play out, thinking that I'm oh, about to Lord. die. Wow. <laughs> but again, uh, glory be to God. Yeah. Nothing happened to my boat. And we, we were in... Did these other boats sink? or did No, they... no, they didn't no. sink. Uh, the crew of the Princeton were phenomenal. There's uh, pictures, pictures that you could get uh, uh, at the, one of the um, naval museums of how they, the crew put the Princeton back together wow. with um, uh, wire, rope, whatever was available to them. They welded, they welded. Some, of, some of the ship back together. Until uh, she was able to be towed back, so no kidding. And Princeton is still sailing to this day. Because I know, I think we, I think we sailed with the Princeton for a while, with the with the Kitty Hawk. I believe we did. Yep. And so then, um, so what? What uh, after that? Like, what was the next? So, by the way, Westpac stands for Western Pacific Cruise, r- r- like a cruise. So it's a cruise that you go on. It's a thing. Back in the day, they lasted about five or six months, right? Mm-hmm. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. Now I'm hearing they're lasting eight, nine, ten months to a year, right? Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're, they're pretty lengthy right now. Yeah, that's when you leave your port, you go on a ship, and you're gone. That's why they always say that the military life, um, especially the Navy, is so hard on families because you lose your loved ones for six to nine to ten months at a time. They're at sea, right? Yep. And I remember that, you know, I'll say, luckily, I didn't have any family or anything at that point because I didn't get the experience what I couldn't even imagine. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have what uh, when did you have uh, did you get married in the military like early on? Uh, Yeah, I was 25 when I got married. 25. Um, Yeah. What was your favorite port up to that point? Like before that, like when you went on the Westpacs, what was your favorite port? So, again, when I was going on Westpacs. You didn't spend more than a couple weeks out to sea. Yeah. Um, you were always in port somewhere. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I was very fortunate to, uh, uh, to be able to see that. Uh, so my favorite port of all time would be uh, down in Australia. Australia. Yeah. Why, it, why was it so great? It, the, the people are so nice. Um, good food. And, and you, you have to take into consideration, this was when I was a young man and I was worldly. So yeah, I, I worldly, would, worldly, quote unquote. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I was making big noise. You and me. <laughs> so you, you were getting it done. Yeah. 
and I and in the Australian um, women, they liked. Well, they still do, but back then they really liked Americans. Yeah. Um, American men. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the most part. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I just. I never uh, visited I, there. I, I I wouldn't equate it to. It, it's just. People enjoying people. People enjoying people. <laughs> <laughs> the political answer. Yeah. People enjoying people. Because I remember we were on our way to Australia, and they called us off because uh, of Somalia. Mm. Somalia had hit. Meaning, um, remember when the, the, the big thing, the Black Hawk Down in Somalia? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, we were part of that, so we were off the coast um, for intimidation. They called the Kitty Hawk to... To veer off. We were on our way to Australia. They said, nope, we've got to go to Somalia because some th- stuff is going on. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So it was right around the same time of Desert Storm, Desert Shield, right around the same time. So, all right, so keep going here. Give me some more, give me some more sea stories. What, 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 like, what would you say the Navy has done for you over this time? And what, what, what kind of experience did you, when you got married, you were 25. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you want to talk any, but anything about that. Like, how did that go? How did you guys meet? Where did you meet? Was it in a port? No, uh, um, I met her in Oceanside Beach. Ah, oh, no kidding. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, any, any, uh, children, um, so, with... Yes, so, so... I think I met your son, right? Yeah, I have two boys. Yeah, I met uh, one of them. With, with, uh, with my first wife. Yep. Uh, so, two sons. Yep. Uh, 22, and he's now in the Navy, nice. and, and a 13-year-old. And it, uh, So at our party, I remember the 22-year-old. Was the 13-year-old there too? The 13-year-old, yes. He was, okay. Because yeah. I remember all the kids were going berserk. Yeah. They had a blast. Like, yeah. the, What did we have, 25 kids there that day, 20 it, kids? It, it was a lot of kids. It was, <laughs> it was a lot of kids. It was a lot of kids. But you still managed to do your slow-mo on the scooter. That's right. With with uh, with Adam, <laughs> and you did one too. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. We still got it in. Yeah, that's the great thing about our house, man. We just let the kids let it fly because they were going. You remember them upstairs just screaming yep, yep, and yep. yelling and going crazy. That upstairs looked like a, a bomb hit it when that when that party was <laughs> over, dude. It was crazy. <laughs> All right, so you got twenty two and how's father? How's being a being a father in the military? How did that go? Um. So for me, it was, it was difficult. Yeah. Um, y- you know, being that, that sideline uh, quarterback. Yep. Uh, because uh, my ex-wife, she, she was there 24 and 7, and yeah. I was there only when the ship was there. So, right. Uh, and then I can understand uh, how... It could be rough on the family for the male figure to be gone. Yeah. The female is taking care of the family, but then when the male figure comes back, he thinks that he gets to run the entire dynamic after being away yeah. for for whatever reason, for yeah. work, for the, his job. Um, but knowing that when uh, your son uh, or daughter when they bump their their leg. Uh, they're going to that woman all the time, and then I show up, and 
uh, I have the nerve to have an attitude when my child doesn't come to me when they're hurt. Uh-huh. So um, it, it's a it's a very delicate dance that that and, and and when I was a young man, I didn't recognize how delicate that dance could be at the time. At the time. So at the time. So talk a little bit about that because that this topic right here, you know, there's a lot of military families that go through. This stuff, this yep. this right here, yep. this dynamic. Yep. So, what would you say now? Now that you're you're looking back, and you you said you didn't realize it at that time, but you do now. Mm-hmm. So that the watchers and listeners can learn by this, that are going through it right now. How did you? How what what mistakes did you make navigating that, or or what what did you, what did you what have you learned now that you should have done in hindsight? Like you know what, I should approach it this way. It would have been a better dynamic. Can you can you expand on something like what you're thinking back now, what you could have done or mistakes that were made? Or I don't think it was necessarily a bad dynamic yeah. because uh, Mike's wife, she was very passive. So yeah. Yeah. she just rolled with it. She just rolled with it. Um, she was smooth. Yeah. But, you know, at some point th- there should be a, a, a transitioning time. If uh, the father is going to be home, for extended periods of time, yeah. uh, there should be a transition period where you ease into the being the leader of the dance, and I just try to take. You went right being, into it, being the leader of the dance. Yeah, you just jumped right in you, you, with both feet. With both feet, so you'd be gone for six months. Yeah, uh, on the, uh, let's let's use a, a deployment as an example. Yeah, go on deployment come back, immerse myself into the family like I had never left. Yeah, like that. that. <laughs> Just, but um, that was doing a disservice to my family and a disservice to myself when you really think about it because I didn't give myself an opportunity to ease back into that, that role. I just jumped back into it, really not knowing all the nuances of all the dynamics that had changed while I was away. So, right. So... Um, if I could give anybody, any one person out there that's listening right now, uh, a a gift or a a nugget of gold, just, just watch how things are happening before you jump in to try to immediately change the way things are happening. Got it. Which, because I want everybody to get context here. Six months, you're you're talking about six months, give or take, right? Right. And nowadays it's even more. So this is even more relevant for people to today because they're, they're gone eight, nine, ten months up to a year, right? Mm-hmm. I'm hearing some of these things are long, mm-hmm. especially with the whole quote-unquote war in Afghanistan. They're gone for like a long time. So even more so now is this great advice um, because let's just call it six months. When you come back, that's a half of a year. Mm-hmm. And a half a year in a child's life is a long time for a lot of changes for them, Right. Mm-hmm. As they're growing, I mean, six months, they're another three, four inches taller. They've got new friends. They're starting to become their own, starting to step into their own, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so you say your advice would be just to hang back a little bit mm-hmm. and see what's going on. Observe. Yeah. Be an observer. Before you jump in Yep. and start doing things the way you used to do them. Correct. Because that may not be the way that's working anymore. Right. Right. The dynamic. This is great, man. I like that. Like I didn't, 
I didn't think we were going to, like, I'm glad I asked this question because this is really good stuff for uh, military families because it's one of the biggest struggles of military families, wouldn't you say? It's it's one of those that's up there, yeah. 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 Especially Navy. The Navy guys because they're away for so long. Um, And then... uh, so what, so what else did you learn along that journey when it comes to the family dynamic? How did that go after a while? Did you learn on the fly, or do you just, you just kept coming back and it created an issue? So I, unfortunately for me, I, I, I continued. Uh, if I was listening to your podcast yeah. today, I, me, I yeah. would listen to me yeah. Yeah. right now. Yes. Because back then... I had all the answers. My yeah. child, my boys, I'm going to raise them how I want right. to raise my boys. And uh, it, just so backwards thinking. No kidding. Uh, yeah. If you, if marriage was an individual, uh, the union of marriage was for individuals, uh, I made uh, marriage look bad yeah. because I was an individual. I never really took into account the feelings of others um it it was just bad yeah it was bad and for you to 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 admit this and be transparent about it so my god tells me that you know whenever i have the opportunity to testify or give my testimony yes Yes. that i should be forthright with my testimony so exactly I'm being very forthright with my testimony. Yeah, this is why I brought you in here. This exact reason, because I knew you had a testimony in you, uh, probably the incredible one, which we're we're figuring out now, especially your early years. Now with this, because this is this is this is strong stuff right here, and for you as a man to take responsibility and accountability, right? So how do your sons at that like uh, were they? Did it create any relationships, uh, any hangups between you and them? So, if I'm answering honestly, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, my my 22-year-old uh, lives with me. I have my 13-year-old. I have him um, uh, every other weekend yep. and every other week for uh, school breaks and things like that. Um I don't know. Uh, and I think I'm afraid to ask the question. No kidding. Because my 22-year-old is yeah. at a point in his life where we can engage in a conversation like this. Right. And he can tell me uh, f- with, with within himself how I made him feel. Uh, so... I would consider myself a coward to not have asked the mm, question. Yeah. And my 13-year-old, he he's he's very astute as well. He can express to me how he's feeling. But I haven't asked. Hmm. Interesting. So what do you think? You think you'll ever ask? Now that it's coming up on a podcast? I don't know. They may they may be seeing this podcast. They they very well may very see well this may see this podcast. They might see this podcast. But yeah, I, I don't. maybe they'll just come to you. And at that point, uh, we would have to we would have to sit down and discuss it. Yeah. 
Because I remember your your I remember the twenty two year old specifically that day. He was smooth. He was a cool cat. He had a good time there. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, I was I was checking in on him because he was the oldest of the group, of the kids. Yeah. Um. Wow. And now the the twenty two and the thirteen. That's both from your ex wife. Yes. Yeah. And the ex wife's local here in San Diego. Uh, she lives up in uh, um, Riverside County. Riverside. And yeah. you guys get along still? Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And that that's where the 13-year-old goes half yep. the time? Mm-hmm. Yep. And the 22, I'm assuming, wanted to live down here more? Uh, it's closer to work. Convenient. Ah. Oh, that uh, the 22's in the military? Yes. That's right. Oh, man. And so did he Did he do that on his own? Or did you say, hey, I think you should go to the military? No. I, I see. So he's tenacious. Uh, after graduated high school, he was like, "I want to join the service." I was like, "Nope, you got to go to college first. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go to college. Goes to college. He's like, "I'm ready to go in the navy." After college. After college. After I'm, college. I'm ready to go in the navy, and I was like, "You still got a couple years left in college." He was like, "No, no, Dad." Uh, I'm, I've accelerated my programs. I'm going to graduate in uh, three years. So he goes to college, takes winter classes, summer classes, graduates in three years. Wow. So I'm like, I've got no leg to stand on. Yeah. I'm trying to get my son to a place where he can see college, forget the service, because uh, it has always been my saying, I made the sacrifices uh, by doing as long as I did in the service so my children wouldn't have to. Um, so I want him to go to college and get into the business world. Nah. He graduates three years, joins the Navy, and he's excelling. So, All right, so speak to me about this. This is interesting. For somebody who is a career 32 years military, you actually, from what I just heard, you were kind of nudging him away from the military. Yeah. What was the main reason for that? I I didn't So I love the service. Yeah. Um But there were some aspects of the service that are hard. Yeah. The being away part. Right. It's hard. And I didn't necessarily want him to have to experience that where he finds himself in a relationship and now all of a sudden he has to up and leave or he has children and all of a sudden he has to up and leave. Yeah. So I wanted him to look through a different prism, not, not so much that the military uh, is bad. Yeah. I just wanted something different for him because I, and when I say I made the sacrifice so he wouldn't have to, yeah. I was the away dad. I was the uh, sideline quarterback. It's rough. Yeah. It, it's rough. And uh, if you have a family, uh, it puts strain on your family. Yeah. And did you tell him this at that point when you were saying, hey, I think I'd rather you. Did you tell him that the reason why? I, we did have that discussion, but he, he's he, since he was like in the eighth grade, he wanted to be in the service. Yeah. Huh. And he did Navy. He's Navy, right? He is the Navy. What's his rate in the Navy? He's a CT. CT. Yeah. Crypto technologist. Crypto technologist. Yeah. Yeah. 
So this is interesting, man. Very interesting. So then what, um, at what point did you got divorced? How, how, how long were you in the military before you got divorced? I had been in the service for, at that point, 28 years. 28 years. And uh, this is profound stuff that you, with your, with your son. Um, real quick question. The 13-year-old. What's the thir- is your 13-year-old talking about service as well at this point? No. 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 Okay. Mm. And so when you finally, what was the final decision to divorce? How did that go? Um, was it the service that you think overall that just the, the, the strain of the relationship? No. Uh, it was me. Yeah. It was, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, it was all me. It yeah. was, uh, it was, it was me showing up, trying to be yeah. ruly and, yeah. and, and And other things that transpired along the way, and it it just yeah. At some point, uh, or I got to the point where I I just had to set set her free. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, after, how did she feel at that point? Was she like, okay, we're cool? Um, No. no, it, it it was bad. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was rough. It was rough. And and the, your sons saw how rough it was. N- not really. No. Because again, really passive person. Really, yeah. I would I would we weren't together, and I would be coming back into town because uh, uh, a greater portion of my military career, I was able to stay in San Diego. But there was times that I, I wasn't able to stay here. Yeah. So I would fly into town. She would let me stay at her house so I could be close to the boys and just, yeah. you, you know, very, very giving. Oh, and um, so my sons never experienced any, like, yeah. no friction. Kind of kept it away from them. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, but you think you're keeping it away from you them. You think. Because at 16 years old, when I told my uh, told uh, my oldest that we were divorcing, he said that he had a feeling that was coming anyway. He did. So you think you're keeping them in the dark, right? But mm, you're really not. Their kids are not. They're smart, and you can't hide energy either. Yeah. You can't hide that. You can feel it. Yeah. If there's something not vibing, you can feel it. And so, and have you ever asked the deep question, that question, the 22-year-old, about how that affected him? No. No. Hmm. I have a feeling this could come up someday. I got a feeling it could, too. Yeah, in light of this podcast. And uh, I I think I'll be ready to have the discussion. Yeah. We've touched on the outskirts of yeah. town. Yeah. We've never really yeah. delved 
deep into that conversation. That's mm, coming. I can feel it. I can feel that. And so spirituality, when did you, let's call it, fully open up to God? I didn't ask that question yet. Because um, early on, it was like, eh. Uh, God has always been a part of my... Correct. I, always been a part of my life, but I did not know it. Right. He had a relation... He's always had a relationship with me. I didn't necessarily have a relationship with him. Right. And... Um, it was in 2018 that my life completely turned around really yeah what was the uh event um just just life i met my now wife yeah um leah leah she She made me see God through her love. Wow. And how did you guys meet? Um, shopping. Shopping? Yeah. Where, at the Gucci store? <laughs> <laughs> Almost, no. Louis? The, no, the off sex Fifth Avenue. Sax? Off sex, you know. Off. The, yeah. The when they can't sell it in the department store, they yeah. send it over like there. Like the Nordstrom's rack. Yeah, kind of that, yeah, that Nordstrom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were shopping. Yeah, we were, I was shopping. And what? Give me the scenario here. You saw her shopping, like, hey. Yeah, what's I up? I saw her shopping, and <laughs> a very attractive lady, yeah. and I um, I stalked her actually. What? What do you? I was stalking her. What do you mean in the store? Yeah. You didn't just say hi or just walk She around. gave me some eyeball hustle. She looked at me. I looked at her. The eyeball we, hustle. We the young folk, they, they don't know what that means. We, we caught a glance. They know text messaging. <laughs> I gave her a really funny text. <laughs> we, we had to actually see each other. It's called the eyeball hustle. Pay attention. So. Um, eyeball hustle. <laughs> she was over in one section of the store just going crazy shopping. Um and I had already found what I was looking for, and I was ready to check out. Yeah. But I wasn't going to check out until I talked to her. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then she, you finally rolled up. What, what happened? I, no, I didn't. I didn't roll up. Uh, I was in the glasses section, uh, sunglass section. Yeah. But they didn't have men's sunglasses in there, so I shouldn't have been in there. But I was waiting because it was the it was it was between me, her, and, and the, the door. door and the door. So I'm in the sunglass section, waiting for her to walk by, but she's taking forever at the checkout stand, and I'm just standing there. People walking in, looking at like what? You're looking at female glasses. <laughs> Why is this guy looking at these glasses? So she eventually uh, walked past me and. Uh, we talked. So hold up, hold up. So here you. So does she know this story? Like, have you told this story to her? Oh, oh yeah, she knows this story very intimately. <laughs> so she walked by, and what'd you do? You rolled out and said, "Yo, what's up?" Yeah, we started talking. What's the line? She what, was what? talking, but come to find out, she was zooming in the store yeah. looking for piece parts and accessories because she was headed to uh, one of her friend's wedding or something like yeah. that the next day yeah. so um 
We talked there, uh, hung out. And so what do you mean you talked there? We were talking. What was the, the opening line? Man, I can't I need remember. The young kids to no, understand something. I, I, I can't remember what it was. You it was remember? Probably something corny. Corny. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know. That's you. Yeah. Yeah. Those those corny one liners. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I have a sense of humor. Yeah. 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 Um, you think you're charming and and funny and yeah, yeah, all that, all yeah. that. <laughs> but not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I'm telling you, love saved me. Love for, saved for real. For real. For real. So she, um, she, so she was receptive. You were talking to her. Yeah. And did you get her number at that point? Yeah. And then as she was pulling off, um, I called her. Yeah. And we talked for a little while and I was happy. Yeah. So you hit it off right away. Yeah. Yeah. Right away. Right away. Uh, and so, uh, so what was the follow-up? When did you follow up with her? You say, hey, let's go out. A few days later. Yeah. yeah. You said, I'll call you. Yeah. Did you text or call? I called. You, because the texting wasn't really. Oh, it wasn't a thing. It, it wasn't that real prevalent. Well, 18 it was. Yeah, no, nah, not not like maybe it is your, now. Maybe your world, yeah. Yeah. Mine, it's been, I've been a text fiend since like 2011. You probably had a MySpace account too. No, I didn't actually. I did not. Or AOL? Uh, no. No. Yahoo. You've always been Yahoo. Uh, Yahoo. Yeah, it's my favorite. Okay. I can't get used to Gmail. I hate it. I, I just can't use the Gmail interface. It drives me nuts. Yeah, but Don't we've ask. gotten off topic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what are we talking about? Gmail and AOL. <laughs> All right, so, um, so, so, okay, so what was the follow? So you followed up with her, and you, you went out on the first date. What'd you do? Did you take her out? Give me, Give it to me. Give me the move. I can't remember. What do you mean you can't remember? I can't remember. So hopefully she's not going to watch this. You can't remember your first date? I, I can't remember. You remember the first date. Can't remember. You just don't want to say it. Can't remember. Leah, when you watch this, I need to know what was the first date. Can't remember. You she's can't gonna, rem She's going to say the same thing. No, she she's remember. not. Yes, she does. No. Let me tell you something, bro. She knows. So, um, so when did you start getting serious? Um, pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty quick. And so give me that thing you said. You, you were by her love uh, with, with God. No, no, by her love is what sent me to God because. Uh, so like how did that happen? How did that because unfold? because life. Uh, so I, I gave you my complete or portions yeah. or nuggets of my life. Yeah. Only to say that the things that happen to you in life. You just think of uh, about taking a scoop of dirt and throwing that dirt into a hole. Yeah. And then you take another scoop of dirt. You got all these layers yeah. uh, that are on top of you. Some may have some rocks and some leaves, uh, some soft sediment, sand. But you got these different layers. Um, Leah made me understand that and how important mental health was. Wow. Um, so she introduced me to the first person that I actually sat down with to talk about the different layers that had happened to me as yeah. I was growing up. A psychologist. Yeah. You know what, I, and early on I was gonna ask you that question, like if you ever seen one, because early on stuff with what happened in your childhood, that's when I was gonna ask and I forgot to ask that. So Leah 
introduced that to you where you became open about it. Yeah. So she, open to it, open to it. So she helped me recognize and unpackage a whole mm. suitcase full of stuff that from my life. So, uh, I unpackaged all that, um, found a phenomenal church home through a friend of mine, through, through the friend that I've known for 30 years in the service. Yes. He had been introducing, tell, asking me, because he's not one of those forceful guys. Yeah. If you don't go to church, you're going yeah. to hell, blah. He's not that guy. He would always, at random times, hey, you want to go to church? Yeah. So God had been calling out to me through him for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll get around to that. But there was this one time in particular, uh, he had called me up, and I said, yeah, I'll go to church with you. And I went to church. What, what made you say yeah at that point? What did I, you feel? I, 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 again, as I'm unpacking yeah. these different layers, I, I don't know why I say yes. But uh, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow. Uh, so... So give me your first when you went. Where, where which church is it, by the way? Uh, City of Hope International. Okay, and where's it located? Uh, down in San Diego. Okay, down in San Diego. So give me your first. Were you uncomfortable walking in? Were you like, or were you like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I belong here. Or give me your thought of going into the church for the first time. So when I initially showed up, I didn't know what to expect. It was, uh, I was in that realm of uh, good, bad. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I'm I'm not one of those people that go to church for the music and uh, that por portion yeah. of it. I know there's a message to be received from the music, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I, I've come to realize that I go to church for the message, of um, course. And I, I know for some that the 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 music feeds their soul. But for me, it, it 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 doesn't not feed me, but I I I don't, I don't have to have it. I don't, yeah, that's that's not. So the pastor at my friend's church, yeah. phenomenal teacher. Yeah. Um. So he teaches he, he in a manner in which a child would want to have a relationship with God. Yeah. Um, and I wish that I would have sat in church and paid more attention to the, to the preachers that my mother had introduced me mm. to. Um, because there is no telling of the goodness that I missed because I wasn't paying attention. Right. Um, and, and it's been there for me all along. Uh, like in in my career, coming up through my career, um, I wasn't a great sailor. I was just average. Uh, but I aspired for greatness. Yeah. And, and I spoke it from my mouth. And as I spoke things from my mouth, things just started to happen. Um, I said that uh, I wanted to advance every time on time. And every time on time, I made rank. Yeah. So I went from uh, E1 
to E6 in a 12-year span. Uh, so there was a, a portion of my military career where I didn't make it on time, but I was getting frustrated. So the Lord blessed me, and I was meritoriously advanced to first class. Mm. So, um, and all I did was I, I waited on him. I asked for it, and it was delivered. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I make it to first class. I'm selected as sailor of the year. Again, I'm just the average sailor, but I, I, I know how to interact with people and going back to this class clown thing. Yeah. Um, I like to make people happy. Yeah. So, uh, as I'm, I'm doing this dance, I'm thinking everything that's happening to me is me. I'm doing this. Right. I'm doing right. I'm doing all this. I'm, I'm kicking butt and taking names. Woo-wee, look at me. Look at me. Never once saying, stopping and saying, look at God. Exactly. <laughs> Never once. Nope. So, um, and God, being so gracious and, and loving, every time I would ask for something, he gave it to me. Fast forward, I'm a sailor of the year. Uh, that following year, uh, I decided I want to be an officer in the Navy. Yeah. So I, I seek out uh, counsel of people who uh, were of like mind, and we start working together and trying to figure out what we needed to do to become an officer. Yeah. Uh, I met a, a warrant officer, um, and he told me that in order to do what I was trying to do, I needed to put in a p- package. And continue with sustained superior performance. Yeah. So I did that. Um, uh, again, just average. Uh, and after my second package, and I look at God, I get selected to be an officer. Yeah. I wanted to be a chief. Took the chief's exam, passed the chief's exam, wasn't so uh, uh, wasn't selected. Okay. God said, "Let watch me work," because I was really I was distraught about not making chief. Right. He, he shifted it all up, selected me for an officer. But yet, look how ungrateful I am. <laughs> I would have liked to have been a chief. God has showed me his miracle that he is going yeah. he's he's going to make me jump over what I want right. to be more than what I wanted. But I couldn't get past the fact that I didn't make chief. Cuz warrant officer for people that are watching that don't know is way further than chief. So, so pay grade everything. So um I I got blessed with that. Then uh, every opportunity to make rank, I made rank. So I went from ensign to lieutenant JG yep. to lieutenant to lieutenant commander where I was told that I would top out. And excuse me, by the grace of God again. Yeah. You made commander. I made commander. Yeah. Now, th- again, this is not me. But I'm thinking but it's me. at the time, me. it was you thinking it's you. I'm thinking it's me. Yeah. I, I did this. Yes, yeah, it's me. Yeah. But uh, as I'm sitting here talking to you right now on this podcast, yeah. 
I know it wasn't Bob. <laughs> it wasn't me at all. I know. <laughs> I had nothing to do with the design of my life. You were a vessel. <laughs> hey, look, and I let God work through me. Yeah, that's right. Correct. So I just stepping stone after stepping stone after stepping stone after and the blessing he gave me uh, with my wife. Ah, uh, yeah. It just it tears me up inside. He brought you an angel to know the man that I used to be compared to the man that I am today. You're whole new. I mean, you're you're basically you're just just a vessel for God at this point. How do you feel about that? Like, I don't, because because we hate to say there's regret. But it is what it is. God had a plan. And, you know what I'm saying? And I was trying to debunk his plan. Right. The whole time. And, uh, yeah. For those listeners that out there that are fighting the will of the Holy Spirit, I promise you, you only can fight it so long. Right. So, until you, something is going to happen in your life where you are going to have to bow down to the Almighty, because I'm a testament to it. What did it for you? What was the What was the final thing where you just said, "Oh my, this is that first day in church, Leah's arrival"? It, it, it was a culmination of things mm. that just wanted me to be better. So my friend, my 30-year friend, his name is Melvin, he, um, he, he coined this statement for me, and uh, I had never heard it. And yeah. he said, if you know better, you do better. So that's where I'm at my life right now. I, I, kn I know better. So I live to do better. So now, because this is this is recent, right? This is just the last four years. 2018. 2018. Yep. And so, give me the appreciation you have right now for your 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 new situation. You said your wife was sent to you by God, right? Mm-hmm. Angel from the heavens. Talk talk to me about like what. How do you, with this realization and awakening that you're having right now, what's driving you every day now? Like, what do you, what do you, how are you feeling as a man, as a dad? Um, what drives me now? Like right now, the way that you're with the new awakening, channeling God through you. Like you said, you can, for everybody watching, that's like holding off the Holy Spirit. You can't do it anymore. Yeah, it, it, it. And you can try, yeah. but it's only a matter of time. <laughs> only a matter of time. Yeah. Um, what drives me now? Um, like, how has this changed you as a man? Um, it's changed my heart. I used to have a hard heart. Mm. Uh, I still claim that I have a hard heart, but I don't. No. Um, because I have this thing where... I don't necessarily let, let people get close to me. Ooh. Um, so if you don't get close to me, you can't hurt me. 
Mm, I've heard I can't, this before. I, I can't. I can't. You can't be hurt by something you don't love. But I love everybody. Yeah. So it, that whole dichotomy of wanting to be loved by everybody and love everybody genuinely and care about your fellow man, um, but then conversely not wanting to be hurt. Um, that's what kind of drives me is I, I've got to let go. I have to, I have to, I have to trust that the people that are in front of me that are in my life are there for a reason. And I have a purpose for them. And, um, and then for you. And if I get hurt in the process, well, you look at the love that you had or the, the desire to, to take care of your fellow man when you're in that place. Um, and that, that'll wash the hurt away. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because and, and I'm sure the, um, your, um, what's, what's this psychiatrist that's been working. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she's peeling back some layer. He, she pulling, pulling back, uh, peeling back some layers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peeling back some layers. Cause what you're saying here is profound. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. Um, but what's crazy here is what's interesting is what you just said is because God has a plan. He's had a plan the whole time. You just were like, no, no, I got this. It's me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So the second you opened up, so the second that you opened up, everything's, it, are you, would you say that the, the energy and the results in your life, everything's becoming more positive, more loving, more receptive. Would you say that's happening now the last few years? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's like when you throw off the cloak, how refreshing and freeing that is. Um, I cannot and I will not sit here and tell you that uh, the devil made me do it. Yeah. It, it was free will. It was my free will pushing back. And God showed, showed me how powerful he is. And uh, th- there was, there's, I can't deny it. Yeah. Because the things that are continually happening in my life, um, it's not, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I'm just here. Yeah. <laughs> the things that continue to happen in my life could be nothing but God. You can't explain it anymore. I, I, I can't. It's, and, it's too much. And, 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 and yeah, I can't. Because that's where I'm at. The exact spot. Mine's a year old, year and a half. I can't explain anymore other than God. I can't. Like, okay, this is, it wasn't me the whole time. Same thing. We're, 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 we're similar, similar animals in a way with especially with our spiritual journey here, man. 
and we've been put in each other's lives for a reason. That's what I said that day. Remember I said that to you mm-hmm. at, at mm-hmm. my house? I said, dude, you, we're in each other's lives for a reason. I'm telling you right now. And let's find out why. That's what I love doing. Let's find out what God's plan is here. Mm-hmm. You know, and this, this, this is the start of it right here. This is the start of it. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Um, Especially with, your, yeah. with, what, with what you've got going on and the discussions and the, the uh, conversations that you're going to have now with your, with your son. It's going to happen soon. I can feel it. This is part of, the, this is part of what's going to put it over the top mm-hmm. right here. You know, talking about it, getting it out a little bit, mm-hmm. airing it out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So um, does the whole family go with, to church with you right now? Um, f- for the most part. Yeah. Um, when COVID hit, we were going every Sunday. Yeah. And then COVID happened. Um, and I've been going, I always watch online. So, uh, but I've been making it a point to get back into uh, the house. So, uh, uh, the kids are, are, I don't, I don't want my children to experience church how I had to experience yeah, church. Right. I don't want them. So if children's church is open, they'll go to children's yeah, church. Yeah. In it. But if it's uh children's church is closed, then, uh, Leo will watch online and I'll, go to service so so and i'm thinking back about the the time where we met because because our kids have been in each other's lives for like what a year now two years it's two years two years yeah and i had heard about you my wife said man this this guy's like he, he looks like a like a you know like he's a hip guy, like he's down like jd's your, your type of guy i'm like really i haven't i met him yet so we weren't meant to meet yet until now. Yeah. So what happened when you got the invite for, was Leah like, hey, uh, you know, they want us to come over. We were like, all right, I'm down. Um, yeah. But, so funny story and, and very open story. Yeah. When I met you, you were nothing like I had pictured you in my mind. Yeah. Um, I, had, I didn't know anything about you, uh, but looking at Johnny, yeah. small guy yeah like hmm, his dad i was sizing you up through your child <laughs> <laughs> are you serious so um imagine my surprise walking around uh the backyard of your house yeah. and and uh, leah saying that's johnny's dad and i, I was taken aback <laughs> that that's johnny's dad yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it was a, it was a pleasant experience, uh, but I did want to take those red bottom shoes off your feet. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, that's right, man. I'll tell you what, dude. I'm 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 so happy we met, and I'm so happy we did this podcast. I was nervous that it was gonna we weren't gonna be able to line up the times today. Because I want to get this now. Mm-hmm. I could feel it was going to be raw, authentic. And ladies and gentlemen, you saw us get to know each other on film today. And and uh, and you saw me peel back a couple of layers on Terrell here. And man, I, I appreciate you coming in. I appreciate you being um, transparent, authentic, raw. You shared some powerful stuff today. Some some you know stuff about your childhood. Your 
your marriages, um, which are, you know, I, I got to give you a mad props, dude, for, for coming out and, and talking about this stuff, because, you know, like you just said, uh, you know, the, what was it? The, what was your buddy? The, the thing he said, the more you, the, uh, if you know better, you do better. Right. So what your so your mission now of doing better, this podcast is what that's all about. Um, just you being on here and sharing your testimony, right? Just the kind of surface level. We kind of, I know we just hit on some nuggets and we didn't really even go too deep, but we could, and we probably will in the future, but this was so good, man. And so relevant and so cool for people to witness and to listen to. Um, and as I said, you and I have been putting each other's lives for a reason and I'm looking forward to finding out why we got to hit church one of these days. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. So I can't thank you enough, Terrell. It's been great to get to know you on film. Ladies and gentlemen, Terrell, my guy, we're, we're in each other's lives for a reason. Let's do this thing. We're, we're, we're basically serving God's children at this point. You and I are just vessels. We know this. Yep. And let's do our thing. Yep. That's it. That's a wrap. Real deal talk, baby. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Nice, dude.